to see every one of you here tonight. Uh, what I'm about to share tonight is uh, very important to me, and uh, as we enter, uh, go into the Word of God, uh, the Bible says entrance into God's Word gives light. Life. Because it's the word that brings us deliverance. You can't deliver yourself. I can't myself. You can't make things happen by yourself. The word is what makes things uh, happen. Because the word is Jesus. Jesus is with us. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight. Help us and give us understanding. We pray for that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. So that we can grow in grace through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Tonight I want to, uh, I titled the message, Mind what, uh, mind what You Mind. Mind What You Mind. Um, and this is dealing with the power that God has given to us. Uh, to be free from the power of sin. And for, as a Christian, we all have to go through the struggle through our life. We are constantly being tempted to do what is wrong. And sometimes we yield. But the Bible is clear that God is set us free from sin. We need to believe that. That's the foundation for you to be able to survive as a Christian, to be free from condemnation. Yes, you may do something wrong, but you are not a sinner. You are not a sinner. You have been saved. You were a sinner, but you cannot refer to yourself as a sinner. I hear Christians a lot. We are all sinners, saved by grace. No, you were a sinner you were saved by grace. God doesn't call you a sinner. And you must never call yourself what God does not call you. You stay with his word. How can two walk together except they be in agreement? If you keep saying that, then you will develop what the Bible refers to as sin consciousness. And you can never be free from that And when you go to the presence of God to ask for, th- for things... For, for your own life and for your family, for your church. You really cannot ask in faith because there will be always the presence of this sin consciousness that says you are not worthy. Why should God do this for me? So God has delivered us from that and we need to know that. You know, in, in Romans chapter 7, Paul described the natural man. And if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it, uh, I believe verse 14, it says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man, does, the man that has not been born again, cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. He says, because those things are spiritually discerned. So he cannot receive them. He can't even know them. But you are not a natural man. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You have been born again. You have been born of the spirit. So you are not, God doesn't refer to you as a natural man. The natural man is the sinner. 
But you are not a natural man. You have been born again of the Spirit of God. You have God's DNA in you. There is a part of you right now that's God. That's why Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He was the light of the world while he was here. Then he transferred that to us by this new birth. And so there is a part of you that's God. And we must never, you know, overlook that. Or ignore that or refuse to accept that because you want to be humble. You must accept what God has given to you. And that's where we get our freedom. Now in Romans chapter 7, Paul was describing the natural man. He talked about the time when he was before Christ came into his life. He says the motions of sin moved in his members. And brought and took advantage of the law and made him a real great sinner. And in in verse 18, it says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing, nothing good dwells. So you cannot relate to the flesh. You can't get any strength from the flesh. Nothing good. There is nothing good in the flesh. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. So in the flesh, you really cannot please God. The flesh cannot please God. But what what does Paul mean by the flesh? And that's what we'll be talking about. The flesh. The flesh is the real problem. The flesh is being put to death. But there is still what is in us, what the Bible refers to as the lust of the flesh. Because we are still here and the flesh has not been delivered uh, from the bondage of sin. God is going to do that when Jesus comes back. So the problem is the flesh. And so in verse 24, Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So the flesh is referred to as the body of death. Why? Because of sin. It's referred to as the body of death. Who is going to deliver me from this body of death? I need freedom from this body of death. I need freedom from the power of sin in the flesh. Who is going to do that for me? Then he rejoiced, I thank God through Jesus Christ. This is the way out of the body of death. I thank God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he concluded. But then he moved very quickly into telling us the solution to the problem of the flesh. Now in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For, then it tells us about two laws. It's amazing in Christianity, there's a lot of two. There are two kinds of righteousness. Self-righteousness and the righteousness of God. There are two kinds of knowledge. There is natural knowledge and then there is spiritual knowledge. Amen? Amen? We have two kinds of love. I know the Greek says two, but there is natural human love, and then there is God's love. 
So God tells us in Romans chapter 8, two different kinds of laws that are operating simultaneously. There are two laws on the earth right now. With regards to the spirit of man. With regards to sin and freedom from the power of sin. It says, for, for it tells us, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law, that's the first law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You can't belong to both laws at the same time. You either with one law and free from the other law, or you are with the other law, and you're free from the one here. That's just the way it is. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that's the spirit of God, that's the spirit of life, it came in with the law that frees us from the law of sin and death. And then it tells us, in verse 3, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. So what us. The law, when God gave the law, the, the law was not designed to condemn us or to make us feel bad. Paul says, I was alive in Romans chapter 7. I was alive once without the law. But then the law came and I died. Sin revived and I died. So it says, through the knowledge of the law, sin came. There is no sin without law. So Paul asked the question, did God give the law so that we can sin? No. The law was really to help us to diagnose what is really inside. The law is, was to bring out the knowledge in you that something is wrong. He's telling you it was designed by God to do you good. But instead of doing you good, He's bringing this awareness that something is wrong. He's really a diagnostic tool for in the, in the hands of God to let you know before you receive Christ, you got sin in your life. And there is nothing you can do about it. No matter how hard you try, you fail. You need God. You got a problem. But God sent His Son. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, the law couldn't give us the strength to obey the law. We had the law, but we didn't have the spirit of the law. And Paul says, the law is spiritual, but I'm just a man. I'm not a spiritual man, so I cannot obey the law. But now, God gave us the spirit that gave the law. And that spirit that gave the law, if you give a law, you're above the law, right? God gave the law. God gave us the same spirit that gave the law. And that spirit dwells in us. And this is what the Bible says. But God really had to take care of the flesh. Take care of the problem of the flesh. It says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, the, the law couldn't destroy the problem of the flesh, sin in the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And on account of sin, he destroyed. He condemned sin in the flesh. This is the gospel. This is the good news. We don't have to be slaves anymore. 
We don't have to be held by that anymore. We don't have to have this sin consciousness anymore. We don't have to confess sins every day. When you sin, you know it. But it can't be the way you were before you got saved. You don't practice sin. You don't, you know, make arrangements to go out and do something that's wrong. That's not that man is dead. He destroyed sin in the flesh. And this is the gospel that God wants every one of us to know. Jesus, Paul calls it the mystery that was hidden. And it's the mystery that God has revealed to us today that sin in the flesh is truly dead. That's why he says, reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. Because God has destroyed it in your life. There is no man that can be free from this. <laughs> and the harassment of sin without the understanding. You shall know the truth, and the truth is what makes you free. You can free yourself, it's the truth that frees you. It's the understanding that that old man is gone from you. You are no longer that person. And when that same old man once uh, is begging to be raised from the grave, uh, you kill it again and bury him good. How? By going to God and confessing it. I don't want that old man bury him amen i want to be free from that old man so what the law couldn't do for us the law was good paul said the law is good it's holy but i'm just a man carnal but god has made us equal to the law by his grace amen so the law can be fulfilled in us so there are two kinds after you get saved, I can go back to that scripture, just quoting it down. There's a lot there. Read Romans chapter 8. There's a lot in there. But then it tells us that there are two types of walk now as you're a Christian. As a Christian, there are two in this life, two kinds of walk. Romans chapter 8 verse 4. It says, God condemned sin in the flesh through his son. Why? That the righteous requirement of the law, verse 4, might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So, two kinds of walk. You can decide to walk as a, as a child of God. You can decide you want to walk according to you, what you know in the sense realm. How you feel. Hey, some people will tell you, I just want to tell you the truth, the way I feel it. The real truth. <laughs> yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> Let God be. You feel like you're a sinner. talking about how you and by sight you can never walk with God because God doesn't walk that way he only walks by faith to faith natural faith and spiritual faith that deals with God and all of us have faith 
And many of you get in a plane and you, you, you don't even know if the pilot is seated in front, right? But if I ask you where you're going, if you, if you paid to go to Atlanta, you say, well, we're going to Atlanta. We'll be there in, how do you know that? How do you, how can you tell if the pilot is not flying you to New York? You got faith, right? You sit there. That's natural faith. But then there is uh, spiritual faith. That's the faith of God. So two works here. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This is very important. We're talking about work. If you don't walk according to the flesh, then you're okay. Because you're walking according to the Spirit. How do you walk according to the Spirit? Just follow what the Word says. And believe what the Word says and act accordingly. Whether you feel it feels good or not, doesn't matter. Whether you feel it or you don't feel it, doesn't matter. Just walk according to the Word of God. Paul says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So two kinds of walk. If you walk in the flesh, you fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk according to the Spirit, then you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The, walk, the lust of the flesh is dead. If you walk in according to the Spirit. It says this, simple. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit. Capital S, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other. Two kinds of work, contrary to the other, so that you do not do the things that you wish. You always was right. There are these two, and you have to consider many of us, just like me, we're looking at the natural. And then when God tells, gives you a promise, that's huge. You're asking, how is that going to happen? You want to analyze it, right? And many times we tell God in our minds, uh, and we believe the way, this is the way I think God's going to do it. Right? And when God doesn't do it that way, guess what? We get discouraged and walk in the flesh. According to the flesh. Because we're thinking in our own mind, how God, why don't you just let God be and believe and let him take care of the rest? That's tough. That's easy to say, right? To do it is not easy. Just to live, stay back and we'll see what God will do with this. You just believe his word. Let him know you believe his word. But Paul says, if you walk according to the spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. That's so important. If you're thinking and what you, 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 the way you live your life is always according to how you feel, you are going to be in a real bad shape. That's just the truth. This includes your finances, your health, what happens to your children, your home, everything. Because to you, you are just a natural man, and you're talking just like a man. And you are talking about all your feelings and everything that's happening, everything that you read in the news, how it's going to affect everybody and including you. It's the flu season, so let's get ready for flu, right? You know, but then, and then he, just, just things like that. It's, it's natural. You don't see God delivering you by his stripes. Doesn't mean anything to you. 
when it's flu season, right? You say it is flu season. And as some people say, hey, flu season is here. I know it happens every year. I know I'm going to get one. Well, you get one. He's just responding according to what they know in the natural, not spiritual thing. He's not based on the word of God. What it, the one who is walking according to the spirit, when they begin to say it's flu season, he says, well, that's their season. I'm not in that season. I'm in God's season. Well, season. Amen. I'm going to be okay. That's why Jesus said, most of it is what comes out of our mouth. That's why Jesus said, every one of us will give account of those idle words that we speak on the day of judgment. Jesus said, because he said, with the words of your mouth, you will be justified. And the same words of your mouth, you'll be condemned. Not when you get there, it starts here. Because you are walking according to what you see, what you feel, the natural. Roman. I like to go to that scripture. Um, First Corinthians. We'll bring. Natural ram, and you don't want to go. Chapter 2, verse 14. With there? It says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man, thank you. Natural man does not receive. Well, the natural man doesn't mean doesn't. Def, there's, it's no, there's no definition there whether it's Christian or not. If you're walking according to the flesh, you're a natural man, and you cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. I've tried to show people like that you need to pay your tithe. It doesn't make sense to them. Do you understand what I'm saying? It makes sense to a new convert who wants more of God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. They hear it and they understand it. They're excited about it. But the one who is walking in the natural, he's calculating. If I give 10%, I'm not going to be able to pay my bill. You understand? So he's thinking in the natural realm, he can't receive the things of God. He just cannot. He may want to, but he just cannot. He is still the natural man. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. I mean, you've heard people say, why do you all just give money to your pastor? And they think pastor is able to persuade you to give money. You got to be a fool and you're just giving him money. Well, you're not giving pastor anything. Pastor is also contributing to what's happening in the house of God. He has to give as well. If he wants to prosper... Amen. It says, because they are spiritually discerned. You have to walk in the spirit. Two kinds of walk. That's what Paul is saying. And that's what the Bible says. We walk by faith 
and not by sight. Everything is a walk. When you walk by sight, guess what? You're walking according to the flesh. And you're not going anywhere with God. He knows not to do business with you. You are still a natural man. Amen? <laughs> but when you walk by faith, then you are walking according to the spirit. And the flesh and the lust of the flesh, they have no control. They can't do anything to you. You're free. You're going to slide? Yeah, but you'll quickly go right back. Because the flesh is foreign to you. Amen? Before, the spirit was foreign to you. Comes and goes. Amen? But now that you are a spirit man, the flesh is foreign to you. And when you do wrong and you do something, he grips you. Many of us have felt that. You don't want to go there. It's, it's foreign to your, to your being. And you want to know. I want to stay away from this. That's the spiritual man. Amen? But the more you stay on the side of the flesh, you get used to it. And you don't understand the things of the spirit. Your heart gets hardened. And nothing moves you anymore. So we walk according to the flesh. According to the spirit, not according to the flesh. But also, two kinds of life. Two kinds of living. Two kinds of living. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, they set their minds to, uh, to the things of the spirit, on the things of the spirit. So if it's constant things of the flesh, now when we talk, talk about things of the flesh, we're not just talking about cars and all of that kind of stuff because that's what people think. God is not opposed to you having a car. He just want, doesn't want the car to have you. I remember I, uh, when I was working at the medical center, I had this guy. I don't know why I'm telling this story. I don't have much time. <laughs> but I had this guy. He had a real nice-looking BMW. Really good one. Uh, Ines, get out of it. <laughs> That's an inside joke. But we come in, you know, I drive into work in the morning. I mean, this guy would spend about an hour just, you know, cleaning his beer. Before anybody gets to work, he gets there very early. And he'll clean it up real good. And then he'll put, you know, is it, what do you, what do you use normally to cover your, the car? Is it, yes, he put that on. So no dust can come on it. So you think it'd be okay at the end of the day. All right? He's covered that thing all day. When it's time, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, we are in a hurry to get out of that place. He takes the top off, and he's still cleaning his car. I said, boy, this guy, is, who is this guy? And uh, when, it, when, it's, when I have to park near him, I make sure I move real far from this guy. because He'll kill you if you do anything to that BM. The BMW. I 
I'm not going there anymore. I'm going straight to my message. Something is going on here. He says, for those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. So if it's constant there on the things of the flesh, you are living according to the things of the flesh. And you will not be able to please God. He tells you the problem with this. When your mind is constantly on the things of the flesh, what you can see, what you can feel, uh, smell, all of that, that's what determines how you react. Then... It says very clearly, verse 16, for the, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So to stay, when it talks about life and peace, obedience to God brings you peace. Obedience to God brings you life. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. That's peace. He wants obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice. But once you are carnally minded, you cannot obey God. You can't even hear him. You can't listen to what he's asking you to do. That's why the Paul talks a lot about renewing your mind. Renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? According to the word of God. There were things that you they, they told you before you got saved. Before you got saved, sometimes Christian uh, people who are not saved, they have an idea of what a Christian should be. <laughs> Let the Bible disabuse your mind from those things. Get away from those and stay with the word of God. Especially, this is personal for me to you, don't ever argue against the word that is clear and you understand it, but because of your personal feeling or something from your past, you decide, well, I don't accept that. Don't ever let that come out of your mouth. But because what you've done is actually rejecting Jesus because he is the word. It's better to say, I don't understand it now and it's hard for me. I want, uh, keep talking to me. I want to understand it principle here and i'm willing and once you have a heart like that god knows he can do business with you he might even speak to you in your sleep because he knows your heart is tender and you want the truth but once you've hardened your heart against the word of god you're not going to go anywhere with god that's why god says we must come to him as children children don't argue you tell them jump Sometimes they think, well, how high? And when they get wings, then they begin to tell you what, for what purpose. <laughs> but the little ones, can I see you jump? Jump for me. Then go ahead and do it. For the adult, he's going to tell you why. <laughs> Where do you want me to jump? You want me to make a fool of myself? What are you, what are you after? We got to understand it. But God wants us to be as children. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's the word that washes you. 
It's a real comfort to me as I read in John and uh, Jesus was about to wash Peter's feet, you remember? And Peter said, no, you're not going to do this. And Jesus said, if I don't do this, you will have no part with me. And Peter immediately repented. He says, not only my feet, my head and everything. Jesus said, no, (laughs) you're clean, just your feet. And he said to them, the words that I spoke to you made you clean. I love that. Just being in his presence. That's why Jesus told Martha, Mary has chosen the honorable thing. Just sitting before me. She's been transformed by the word. Amen. She's been transformed by the word. The whole thing here is to be free from the consciousness of sin. Let's read Hebrews chapter 10. Now close with this. Verse 1 and 2. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. The law is a shadow of good things to come to us. Not thing, but things to come. And not the very image of the things can never with the same sacrifices which they offered continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshiper, once purified, once purged, would have had no more consciousness of sin. What was wrong with them in their time? Every year, they went with the consciousness that they were sinners. Constantly. But God is saying, God said in the Old Testament, that was okay for them. But God said, that's not good enough. I want to let go, remove from them, separate them from the consciousness of sin. So you're not a sinner. Amen? You're not a sinner. You can't be conscious of sin in your life where you're constantly saying, I'm a sinner, I sin every day. If you keep saying that, you will stay in one place, you'll never grow in grace. You have to believe the word of God that you are no longer a sinner. God has made you a saint. You don't have to be dead to be a saint. God has made you. Sin shall not have dominion over me. I, in my prayer, I use that. Whether I'm struggling or not, that's just my confession. I'm free. Amen? Sin shall not have dominion over me. You keep saying it. Sickness shall not have dominion over my body. I confess that. With the mouth, one believes unto righteousness. I mean, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. With your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I know there is a lot of talk about cancer. But I constantly pray, cancer, you you don't even know how to get in my body. I'm not afraid of cancer. I'm not afraid I'm going to have cancer. But I know that thing is evil. So I start my battle with him now, with it right now. Making sure that I have made my confession. Tell God I thank you. You have made it so cancer doesn't even know how to get in this body. I'm not going to die of that stupid disease. 
Amen. I'm just not going to die of it. Because God has given him his word. By his stripes, I was healed. Of cancer? Yes. Sin does not have dominion over me. Doesn't mean I can't be sick, but no cancer is going to kill me. Amen. Unless you're dumb enough to leave God and you go walk on according to the flesh, then he gets you. Stand up with me tonight. Let God be true and every man a liar. Your feelings, when they contradict God's word, they're lies. God's word can change anything and everything. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to the, to the Lord tonight as we thank him for what Jesus came to do for us. If it were not for, for him, there's no way any one of us can claim that we are no longer sinners, that we have been made free from sin. It's all because of his grace, not by strength, not by power. All because of his love for us. Not by our knowledge. It's because of his love and his grace for us. That we can declare before Satan. And let him know by that by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of our testimony. We are free from the power of sin and death. We are free from sickness and from disease. We are free from poverty. Because of the power of our testimony and because of the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The blood is still working today and nothing can stand against that blood. The blood of our Lord Jesus that's filled our lives with all goodness. No evil can come near our dwelling because of the blood of the Lamb. Because Jesus went to the cross for us. How great, how lovely. We are truly loved of God, truly beloved of God. Don't put yourself down. Forget the past. This is a new day. This is a new day. Good things are coming your way. Great things are coming your way. The unbelievers will see it. They will recognize the hands of God upon your life because he loves you and has given all things to you. He loves you. Jesus loves us. We're free. We're free. He freed us. We didn't free ourselves, but he freed us. And if he did, we're free. We're free. Truly free. No matter what Satan does, we are truly free. God cannot lie. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your people. You have delivered us from the hands of our enemies. You've set us free. No matter what the enemy does, he cannot have us. We belong to you forever. Thank you, Father, for keeping us from the hands of the evil one. And forever and ever we are kept and have been kept from the hands of the evil one. Bless your people tonight, O oh God, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.